You have a full, <laughs> a full armchair, which is we. We got an armchair. We bought a new armchair, and it's the comfiest motherfucker you've ever, comfiest thing you've ever sat on. Um, and you and put it in front of a computer desk. Well, I've moved it here, okay, but okay. this is like the dream setup. I'm telling you, this yeah, is you get to unbelievable. Relax. And oh, let stare me show you this. my eyes. Drink station. Yeah. Wow. You make it. You're putting me to shame. Oh, dude, I, I'm all about the. I need to be comfortable. When I talk to you, because you make me uneasy. So, yeah, as, Look, I need to find any stability that I can. And it's a, a little bit similar to um, a therapy session as well. So, yeah, I but think the more comfortable I am, the more I'll, um, you know, hopefully not use the N word. <laughs> yeah. The uncertain thing is, I'm not sure whether you're giving me the therapy or whether I'm giving you the therapy. Cause I could, I could buy that. You're the one advising me about my problems. Uh, no, I don't, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I feel like, I feel like I learn. Oh yeah. Well, fashion definitely. But I feel like I'll be your fashion therapist. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like, in t- I feel like you learn less from me than I do from you. Which is a regretful admission. Well, it's just because we don't we don't talk about fashion enough on this show, to be honest. We're getting lots of complaints about that. <laughs> that we have we have no tips for this season whatsoever. Um, so maybe maybe if we did like scoot more into your corner, um, I'd be able to learn from you a bit more. Yeah. Well, maybe we can do a fashion app. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Oh, oh so we sh- should we talk about Parsnip Gate? God damn it! That shit. Has blown up that okay? So that I was gonna I was ridiculous. gonna save this for a, a segment called Snapchat, but I think we can jump right into it now. Let's do it, Snapchat. Well, let's. I've got a few. I've got a few questions about this. So you posted a uh-huh. um, a thing from the Deep Fort Facebook account uh-huh. uh, about parsnips, uh-huh. and here's the thing that I'm like just baffled by uh-huh. that you. You put $25 behind it. Uh-huh. I can see that, Nick. I, I can see that you boosted it. I know, the thing about that is... I know how to back a winning horse. Right. But you didn't do that like once it started to get a bit of momentum. I did you that. You did it from the start. Before. Yep. That it, like, I obviously find that kind of joke funny because there's like <laughs> almost zero payoff apart from me basically seeing it because people just see it as a sponsored post and they're like yeah why the fuck are that because it's kind of it's it's not funny until you think about it really and people aren't <laughs> going to think about it but i've thought about it a lot and it kind of annoyed me because you've had a few of these posts that you've had one post that like uh you had like um, what about the dog why don't dogs close their eyes when you kiss them which is a hilarious <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh but, at my own joke, but I forgot that that's what that was. It's fucking funny, and that got like four hundred likes. Yeah, and I like I'm happy for you and everything, but there's definitely a part of me that I like. I put out some zingers. I feel like I've put out some zingers. <laughs> nothing, nothing has caught, and you've had like three or four of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I think some of it is just confidence, right? Like I knew going into that one that I was I was hitting on. A very... Sorry, it was the post was basically how good a parsnip. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not that's not a winning I knew, horse. I knew that that was a you winning horse. I, I knew God. out there that this was a topic for the people. You know, I think sometimes we get a little too caught up in the high and mighty, you know, elite world of our um, 
white person think pieces and we forget about the working family out there who just want to talk about their parsnips. Well, yeah, it was the, the fucking comments on that was just filled with... And I'm not talking about a few comments. I'm talking like 30, Dozens of 40 comments, comments of, of mostly like middle-aged women yeah. just going, yeah, I mean, this is what you can do with parsnips. Like, There's a lot of suggestions thinking? of recipes. Cook like, em. How, is this, how is this coming up in their feed, for one? Well, I, I targeted it to 18 to 65-year-old New Zealand. And I just knew... <laughs> I just knew that there were some snip fans out there. <laughs> snip fans, but there's snippers. If you're if you're a snip curious kind of guy now, and you're Which thinking well, I've not been appreciating this vegetable, I had a genuine sort of revelatory experience when I was cooking with them last week. I was like, wow, this is this is a vegetable that I get now. I get the appeal. It's got a little bit something spicy, a little bit something. It's in the radishy family where you've got that kind of. You know, that zing to it. It's a little bit more interesting than some of your regular roast veggies. And I was totally on board with it. And I thought I've been doing a disservice by not speaking my truth. So <laughs> I put it out there truth. and I connected, you know, I connected with the people and I learned so many new and fascinating things, ways to cook them, ways to mash them with carrots, ways to roast them with a bit of honey. Oh, mm. I got parsnip ideas out the wazoo. <laughs> the wazoo. Yeah, mostly from... Women like, named Helen, which I think was 30% of the comment. 30%, yeah. I mean, I did get one person kind of kind of have a go at me a little bit, but I think oh, yeah. the, the genuine perspective from most of the respondents was appreciation. And I'm not going to let one negative repeated commenter uh, drag me down. I have I'm definitely not stewing on it. Name and shame. Let's dox him right now. Okay. Uh, let me bring it up. <laughs> You're going to do it. Gonna bring them up. Sometimes what you say has consequences. People. Hey, it's a public forum, folks. It's a public forum. You post publicly, you get shamed publicly. Okay, uh, two point six thousand people reached. One hundred and sixty post engagements. Forty three comments. Absolute bullshit. Uh, just one of our most successful. Um, Shall we give a sample of some of the positive comments that we had? Just for those who haven't let's, checked let's it out. Let's go through them. Yeah. Yeah, we got you know. One here from Vinny. Parsnips are beautiful. And leeks, <laughs> Brussels sprouts, etc. Yummo. Um, Oscar, coming in strong. Parsnips are the best veggies ever in the history of the universe to the extreme maximum. That's, that's some hyperbole there, but I support the enthusiasm. Here's one from Jenny. Love them roasted and with Sweden carrot mash together. That got 10 wow. likes. That that's comment Jenny. itself got 10 likes. What? Yep. That's when you know you've got a winner. That's when, when you know. The comments when the comments have... are getting likes. Yeah, um, I think KT says it kind of best. Uh, they just got a bit of extra something, something about them. Yeah, and, uh, well, we know KT. KT, yeah. do you know it's the KT? Okay. You know her as well. Oh, okay. Well, she's um, she's very on board with this. Oh yeah, there was one sort of. There's a couple of negative things dragging it down here, um, and I and I don't don't like to dwell on it, but. Dylan Dylan's comment Ever tried uppercutting yourself And then a whole slew of negative emoji faces That's a little bit harsh, Dylan What does that mean? Ever tried uppercutting yourself Punching yourself in the face Punch yourself in the face Is what you're saying there, Dylan I think that's a fairly aggressive comment For a nice little love-in Why is he saying that? He's very aggressive about this 
about this parsnip community that's formed and <laughs> and wants to take it out, I think. Yeah, the default then, snippers. There was uh, there was one comment that I particularly appreciated um, from your very sexy girlfriend Emma, okay. who said, "I made a mushroom and parsnip roasty pie last night." Mm, I asked I what that. I thought was a reasonable question with pastry, because sometimes you can make a, a pie and it's just sort of like a, a casserole, you know. I just wanted to know: was it wrapped fully around in pastry? Was it covered with a lid? Dylan. Well, funnily enough, I did have that, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just casserole. Oh. Well, no pastry. I don't know what casserole means. Okay, it, it was like a stew. I don't know. Okay, you said you had it, but clearly you didn't. <laughs> um, it was a bit crusty. Okay, okay. Well, Dylan comes swaggering in to what was a very nice moment between your girlfriend oh, is this the and same me. Dylan. Same Dylan. He says, oh, here we go. at Nick, this is because I replied with pastry, question mark, at Nick... Do pigs walk on four legs? Question face, question face, question face. <laughs> That's funny. I'm going to give that a Getting right. some real sass. Right now. I'm going to delete it before you like no, it. No, don't delete it. Well, Leave I it. think we've made very clear that the Deep Fort Facebook is a positive place. And, you know, if you're a member of the community jumps in there and, and brings the rest of us down, or, or anyone down, but also me, then I'm going to retaliate with the full force of the law. Okay, well, this this is not the law. This is a dictatorship. Dylan, you got yourself a, a like. Because it's funny because it's usually do pigs fly. Yeah. And that's the opposite, which yeah, I, yeah. I respect. I guess yeah, yeah. that's a... Who is this Dylan? Oh, he's got... <laughs> he's got a... Um, oh, he's yeah. exactly what you think. He's got yeah. a, uh, a weed symbol in his profile picture saying, I'm voting yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, some opinions out there, um, and we welcome all voices here at Deep Fort, but also, you know, a little bit of nice, Chill. a little bit of nice goes a long way. Yeah. Fuck with. I mean, I see Dylan does have kind of a point. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Imagine, like, this is what I wonder, like, you, these people that are commenting, they've just seen it, they don't know that we're a podcast, or they see this page called Deep Fort. And it's just you being an idiot, basically, and saying how good a past it's. And then all these Not people being an idiot, have, have, well, it was stupid. raising raising a no, well, no, raising a good point. I think that people responded to. So okay, but these people are like wanting, like they're involved enough to comment, which is absurd. I think the underlying message here is actually how corroded our discourse and society has become where this is the kind of thing which can get in front of people's eyes and make them engage on facebook and isn't it worrying for the state of our democracy that anyone can just push nonsense out in front of people um and so that's what you were really trying to that was what, what really I, yeah, that was sort of the underlying the, message yeah okay. other than other than of course parsnips give them a go get out there yeah. you know try a different vegetable than what you've done before have you had yams yeah. I mean, aren't yams just tinned sweet potatoes? You sounded like a real idiot right now, Michael. Wait, aren't they? Oh, oh you. Oh, sweet. Oh. For someone who looks like Costa the Gardener, you don't know the first thing about vegetables, mate. <laughs> what are they then? <laughs> Welcome to Deep Ford, everybody. Oh, so delightful to have you here and what has been quite a big week for us in the social media front. Uh, and to all of our new listeners, um, those who just liked our page, those who might have uh, noodled around and found the audios, oh, 
lovely to have you here. Um, this is probably the most we've ever talked about parsnips on the podcast. <laughs> probably. I say, I say <laughs> hold out and see what's coming because you never know. It might, it might trend that way now going forward. <laughs> um, sitting through the internet with me. Uh, my friend Michael. Michael, do you have anything you would like to say to the audience at this point? I appreciate that. Um, I was just going to say that we actually lost followers, so don't act like we uh, gained any audience. We, we actually did gain lost some followers. Likes. Gained some likes. So. No, we lost. We lost. Uh, I checked. I, I think we can have a look at those numbers later. Okay. But um, no, yeah, thanks for the introduction, Nick, and happy to be here as always. Oh, fucking, I hate you. I hate that you're doing this on purpose. And I'm and Nick. I'm Nick. Thank you for being here. Hi, Nick. Hi. How's lockdown been treating you now? Two um, more weeks in? Yeah. Same. Really. Samesies. That's good. Bit. You were okay last time, so samesies okay now? Yeah, I can feel it starting to like, you know, every now, starting to get the, not to get the better of me, but it's it's kind of like, it's getting more irritating, getting more frustrating. Like, there's definitely a because the the um, Dan Andrews asked to uh, he wants to extend the uh, state of emergency in Victoria for another twelve months. So there's this whole uh, hoopla now um, about well, mostly coming from like the Herald Sun and the Murdoch press, but everyone's saying that he's going for a power grab, and um, I think they're misinterpreting the state of emergency being extended as uh, as him, as Andrew's just wanting to extend the lockdown, which isn't actually true. It just like en- enables enables the government to put in restrictions like mask wearing and curfew and stuff, but it doesn't actually mean that they will. Yeah. Oh, but mm. I think you're right. That The journalists at those papers would understand the distinction, right? So anything that they're fomenting amongst their readership to the suggest that it is a uh continuation of this current state of affairs is disingenuous deliberate yeah. and disingenuous right yeah yeah um, but i mean it works for people like it i can see how it would be very daunting to hear that i mean you feel like i think the mood amongst victorians now is that We've done six weeks, and when that was announced, it was like, ah, oh, fuck. Because we've already done this lockdown. I mean, not to this degree, but we've already... we've already. It's felt like we haven't come out of lockdown since March, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we've been able to go to friends' houses and have five people there for, like, a month. That was... But it just feels like it's just been extended. It's Well, not that it's been extended, but it just felt like it's been ongoing for six months plus, and the idea of it continuing to go on further is like de- it's like soul crushing yeah it's disheartening for sure yeah and the, but you uh, look at south australia there i mean i'm seeing people um, on instagram friends that live in adelaide and stuff and there it's like there nothing's changed yeah people, there's cafes and restaurants filled with people there's nightclubs yeah i mean that's mm. been new zealand as well i mean the interesting thing um for us was that in our last um, podcast there, everything was good. We were clear. It was all fine. The day after we recorded, um, Auckland picked up some community cases um, Mm. where something could breach the border and Auckland went into level three lockdown, 
which was right. not as strict as we'd done in um, March, April, but was the first uh, increase of those alert levels in a couple of months. And not only did Auckland go up to level three, which is work from home, I think you can still get takeaway and that sort of stuff, but no restaurants are open. Everyone has to stay in indoors, basically, and and uh, masks were mandatory, which was the first yeah. time that's been introduced. Uh, oh. But the rest, the rest of uh, New Zealand also went up to level two, so we're now also at a high level again. Right. Um, what does that mean, though? For us, that's just as in for us in Christchurch. That is just keeping a social distance, your two meters between randoms as you go around your business, and making sure that you do the contract tracing, contact tracing, and um, sign in to, with the app and that sort of thing in every business that you go to. Um, but for the most part here, it's still basically business as usual. Yeah, how's that app going? Because the app here just didn't work. It was a huge dud. Well, it's interesting because they chose a, a an arguably less sophisticated system, but one that is simpler and easier to use. And so what the only thing that the New Zealand app does is let you contact trace. So... When you walk up to any premises, any business in the country, there is a QR code on the door and you pull out your phone and you scan it with the app and it logs that you were there at that time. And then if anyone, uh, you know, becomes infected, they can go back through your history of where you've been and notify all users who were in that premises on that day or whatever to go and get tested And that's it. There is no actual... like So the Australian app, as far as I understand, had this very convoluted system where you had to be open and have the screen app as you... Screen open as you travelled and it would like ping other people's phones to let you know that you'd interacted. And mm-hmm. thus, every sort of proximity um, to a device that you encountered could then be traced if that same person discovered they were infected. Mm. But that technical failing of having to have the app open and on your screen for the entirety of your transit was just way too much of a imposition on people's habits, right? You don't want to be sitting there on the bus with your phone open on a screen you can't do anything with, right? So it, yeah. it, it was a bit of a dud because it didn't reflect the reality of people's actual use cases of how they use their phone and what they want to do with it. Right. Yeah, Whereas well, for why us, don't they just scrap. Why don't they just bo- like? I don't get. Why don't you just scrap it and then say, "Oh, New Zealand did it this way. Why don't we do that?" It worked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the thing. And, and to be fair, ours ours was a little bit privileged because we didn't have that many cases, so the priority could be on this sort of QR code system. But yeah, literally, it's now mandated. I think that every business in the country needs to have, use it so that people can log in that way. And it's not an imposition. You just have your phone up when you walk towards a supermarket or a cafe or whatever, and it's just bing, one click, done. And you it's yeah. like one second. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta uh, I gotta I gotta bring you up on this uh this thing, by the way, that uh my uh, my best friend and I, Sean, we were talking and he's totally with me on this uh on how you're pronouncing notify. You're, You're saying it all me. wrong. No, he, he messaged me privately in full support. He was like, by the way, 
the way Nick says notifier is fucked up. And then he brought up another point um, along with a theory, which I think is very interesting. He's like, have you ever heard him say nachos? You say nachos instead of nachos. And so maybe you've got a thing about the letter O. Isn't because that, <laughs> isn't that contrary to my notify by saying nachos? No, because it's O, and it's notify, and it's nachos. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, you want me to say the O the way I say it in nachos. No, you should be, you should be like nachos and notify. That's how you say like you're, It's like you're from another planet when it comes to the letter <laughs> O. Look, actually, can I be completely honest to you? Oh my god, yeah. This is the first time on the podcast I've ever been truly honest. <laughs> okay, please don't. Don't do it. The nachos thing is actually a very sensitive subject to me. Is it? Is it really? In I'd be embarrassed too. In year, okay, that feels like you're not on side. So uh, this is a safe space now because I'm talking quieter. So if you could, All right, that's what that means. If you could respect, I should that. get my hat. This is this is in we've entered Nick's safe space. So if you could, if you could oh, just that's that's a great idea for a segment, by the way. If you could just uh, respect that by by not by not making fun hey, of me right now. Respected. Um, so in year year seven and eight, <laughs> it emerged. It emerged in at school that there was some criticism of the fact that I said. Nachos. Is this true? This is 100% true. true. Oh, my God. This, yes. is Nick's, this is Nick's safe space. I'm getting backed up by your fucking year four bullies. Um, that was actually year seven. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I just Why said did that. you not stop saying it? I just then? said that, year seven and eight. This is when it, this is when it first came out that, that some people thought that it was... There's something a bit off about a it. A bit silly to say nachos. And... Uh, so then there was there was some discussion and two of the two of the people with very strong opinions were British and I felt like that muddied the waters because they were definitely speaking with an accent. I can see that, yeah. And they really wanted it to be natch nachos. Natch. Oh, it was the first part that they natch. took issue with. Well, it was both. They were they were trying nachos. to say it was O's. O's and like there was some there was some support there for the O's from from the from the group, mm. but they were also very much Natch O's, and mm. that that really that felt too far for me. Uh, right. But they they were very insistent that just because on paper it looks like one word nachos and not a plural <laughs> like one nacho. Two nachos, mm. you know that. Yeah, do you I, say nacho? If you just have want to have one, can I have one? Uh, well, nacho? I say nacho cheese. <laughs> what are you like Italian? Yeah, can I have nacho. one nacho, please? Give me a nacho. Uh, um, <clears throat> no, yeah, so uh, it became a sore point. If I'm honest, and now it's, and now it's now, now I point. now I try and consciously say nachos when I'm in company with people that I don't know mm. um, just to sort of I guess fit Assimilate. in yeah. um, <laughs> but in my heart when I look at that word on a piece of paper my heart wants to say nachos well I mean that's quite a nice little story now I feel a bit sympathetic towards you but what do your parents 
think about it. All my parents time. are white, <laughs> so they don't eat say. Mexican food. <laughs> yeah, but what do they? What do, what do they say? Like, where does this come from? Because the issue is that, like, you're taking. As in, do they say like, notify? Yeah, like, I think they, they probably do? do. I would. I can't imagine where else I would have picked it up, right? Because it's like, it's fine if you're like. I think you're taking two different accents and putting them together in one word. Well, I think no. How do you say thing. not? You say not, don't you? N O T. It's not. That's not right. Notify. You can't. You can't just uh, pick out another word. Like all words are different. You can't just pick out another word and say. <laughs> yeah, well, this... but if you're complaining about the phrasing of one syllable, sorry. Uh, just to be clear, we're now out of Nick's safe space and we're back into Michael's aggressive arena. Oh, great. Um, what do you buy a Pepsi? <laughs> Mountain Dew. Um, the the if you say if your problem is with the syllable N O T, then I think mm. it's fair to look at that individually. Yeah, but it's note. Like you want to. You don't comes say from the not word note. note, do you? You say note. What? Are you serious? No, it comes from note. Like Notify. a note. Like I pass you a note. No, that doesn't come from that. Of course it does. If I pass you a note, that's like giving you a notification. I mean, it's directly descended from note. This is fun. The history, <laughs> the history of words. I'm just looking up the etymology. Ah, uh, that's what I wish I just knew the word <laughs> etymology. Okay. okay. Or etymology. 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 Okay, so notify uh, hate, or I notify. I can tell by the tone of your voice when you've like proved yourself right on the internet. <laughs> Is it that obvious? Yeah. I, I was just interested. I haven't actually, I've, I'm not yet, I'm, I'm reading in real time. So here we go. Notify slash notify, depending on how wrong you want to be, comes from the Middle <laughs> English notifian, a borrowing of the old French notifier. Uh, note comes from the Middle English note, from Old English and Old French note, both from the Latin nota. So they're actually not from the same etymology. Well, I'm still going to believe what I know to be true. (laughs) I don't need... I don't care about your facts. (laughs) I felt like in my heart this was true, and thus I continue to believe it. Um. Either way, I think that if you do not agree with me, then you should just not believe it. Well, maybe I'll um, maybe I'll get up a poll on um, the on the socials this week, and we'll we'll put it to the people, and then maybe we can finally change, I guess, who you are as a person. So, sorry, you're going to put you're going to put a poll up. You're going to put yeah, a put a. Yeah, put a poll, a poll up. up. A poll. You're going to put a poll up? I put a poll up. Not a poll. <laughs> you know, when, when my my mum, she's from, uh, well, she grew up Poland. in England. She, no, not Poland. <laughs> um, she used to say cinema. And I remember one day I was talking to, I think I was talking to my cousin, Dan, and he was, I was saying, oh, uh, are you going to see this movie at the cinema? And he was like, cinema? It's cinema. And I was like, is it? 
I was like shocked. And then I went home and I remember being so angry at my mum. I was like, you embarrassed me. You told me it was cinema and it's cinema this whole time. And she's just like, Michael, it's just like an accent thing. And I was like, mum, you fucking ruined my life here. (laughs) How are you not seeing that? I've been saying cinema. Think of all these kids that I've been saying cinema to who are clearly now behind my back. Making fun of me as yeah. this fucking punsy twat. And now you're taking out that insecurity on innocent victims in the podcast. Exactly. I mean, look, we all know that aggression is passed <laughs> and bullying is passed down. Hurt people, hurt people. Um, hurt people, hurt people, baby. Um, I'm going to get that tattooed. Oh, by the way, sorry, <laughs> just quickly, speaking of tattoos, uh, I learned this week that one of my friends got... The I got 2020 tattooed on her arm <laughs> at the start of this year, which is the Oof. greatest thing I've ever heard. And Oof. Um, maybe change it to 2828. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, who you knows now? But yeah, you, that's that's rough. Isn't that the funniest thing ever? Can I get? I'll throw one more um, pronunciation thing in while we're talking about it because this came out this week completely coincidentally. Yeah. Um, so apparently, you know how we pronounce the words horse, H O R S E, and horse, H O A R S E, the same mm-hmm. way. Well, apparently, they used to be pronounced totally differently, and oh. they still are in certain dialects like Scottish. Um, but they like it's very confusing because the way they're actually pronounced is the opposite of what you'd think they'd be. So the animal H O R S E used to be pronounced hearse, hearse, almost like with an E, hearse, or like an A R S E, hearse. And right. the word with it, like for a raspy throat, horse, H O A R S E, was pronounced horse. So you'd have, you'd be riding on a hearse. And you'd be feeling hoarse. But they look actually, the way that they sound looks the opposite of how they're spelt. Mm. Um, so I just thought that was interesting that over time it's become the same word. But not in yeah. some parts of the world. If you go to Scotland and you want to ride on a horse. Well, it's it, words are so interesting. Like it's so. I was thinking about the United States the other day and that... You know, you've got Europe and you've got um, Italy and France and Spain. They've all got different languages in such a condensed, um, in such a condensed area. Yeah. And even in, in parts of England, you've got, you know, different accents. And it's so crazy how accents get passed down. It's yeah, like yeah. You, they have, they're so deeply entrenched. And it's so weird that accents basically, you can have a parent that speaks you know, Spanish or like even my dad, my, 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 my dad's mom speaks, you know, broken English. She speaks full Ukrainian, but yet he's got, he's obviously, obviously copied his accent from the people, the, his peers, like when he's been growing up in school and stuff. Cause he, he was, you know, he grew up in Australia. So it's so, it's so crazy how like accents work. Don't you think? He's got a very, like smooth radio voice as well. Like he has a nice voice. Like right. he's got a n- nicer voice than like most people's voices. 
Okay. Are we doing like a dad a dad off here? No, I just um, No, that's, that's probably he's a crooner though. He's, but that's that's yeah, what that's I probably mean, come like, from his music. For someone who's effectively adopted the accent of people around him or the, the pronunciations of people around him, right? That was your <laughs> hypothesis, eh? It's interesting that it's like it's so natural. Yeah. I mean, you've kind of picked up a little bit of an accent as well. A New Do Zealand accent? It? Yeah. I think I hear it, yeah, bits and pieces. I mean, you say A now. Like you just I do say, uh, yeah, I do. That, that's not accent so much as like dialect, I suppose. But yeah, mm. there, are, there are definitely, I say there are little words that I've, like people say we over here, like tiny, which is a weird Scottish kind of importation or I don't know where it came from. But right. uh, I went for a wee walk the other day. That's not an yeah. Australiana thing, but I find it like very second nature now like some of that stuff just slips in without even consciously realizing it's like these um what um i think richard dawkins called them memes like um not like yeah yeah internet memes but like they're these like little i think they're memomic whatever memetic devices that you were always like looking to how other human beings are doing things i was watching this um this uh, doc- documentary on speed cubers um, the other day. I don't know if, don't know if you've seen it. It's people do Netflix. Rubik's cubes really f- fast. Yeah. And this uh, guy, one of the best speed cubers in the world was autistic. And his parents were talking about his autism. And they were saying he won um, an award. He won like the championship one day. And one, one thing that pe- what autistic people don't really do very well is um, pick up those little cues from other people or not cues they they don't copy other people that well. Right. And we don't realize that we're doing it all the time. Um, and kids do it even more because their brains are developing and stuff. But uh, when he, he was winning an award and he he was holding the trophy kind of weirdly and he looked to his he looked to the, like, the runner-up and he saw how the runner-up was um, holding the trophy and like, put his thing down and rearranged it so he was copying and his parents were like it was like this groundbreaking moment for them because autistic people don't do it yeah Yeah. that's that's interesting because that's also one of those uh human nature kind of inclinations as well when like if you're in a social context you'll pick up some of the body language or you'll mimic like the accent a little bit like if you go overseas you'll find yourself drifting towards like a midpoint of pronunciation um, that, that and you that's... see, you see it in animals too. Like that's how animals learn things. Right, right. They yeah, yeah. they look at like um, like chimpanzees using sticks or orangutans. I can't remember which one. But they see how they use sticks to um, I don't know pick out fish or pick out ants. That was one thing I saw. <laughs> yeah. Like they did you oh, see they that use sticks to pick out fish? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I was confusing <laughs> Just... one thing where I saw yeah, it I and a, Just a funny an ape. Like using a a spear. Yeah. And then there was another one where like a chimpanzee licks the end of a stick and puts it down an ant mine and then licks licks it yeah, clean yeah, yeah. once it's full of I mean that's that shit's crazy. Are you so talk, can I can I ask you about these sorry we're getting Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna get to a topic now, but that, that's okay. I I think that this is vaguely interesting. Um yeah, uh, you're uh, you went and saw gorilla Oh no, wait, wait, one more thing before I ask you about the gorillas. Sorry. <laughs> This is just a series of uh, tangents. The um, I just wrote this down before. The um, just speaking of words, that the longest 
the longest sentence using only one word. Have you heard about this? Is, is it buffalo, 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 ah, buffalo, okay. buffalo, 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 buffalo forever? Yeah. All right. Well, fuck me. But um, do you yeah, want to explain someone... to people at home who might not know what right. the rationale is? All right, I'll just do a, do a quickly thing. Quickly thing. I'll do a quickly thing. <laughs> <laughs> what am I having sex? Um, the longest uh, sentence in Ameri- in English using only one uh, using the same word is buffalo, 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 buffalo. Um, it's easier to read this because some of them are capitalized, but because buffalo is a noun, a proper noun, a verb, and uh, a whatever, an adjective. Is it? Maybe not. I don't adjective. know if it's an adjective. It's buffalo a noun, is... it's a place, and it's a verb. Yeah, that you can form uh, an entire sentence um, just using one word. So buffalo, the place, buffalo, the animal, and buffalo, the verb. And it's the verb, which is a tricky one because no one's ever used buffalo right. as a verb before, but it's, it means like to buffalo or... to, to, bu- bu- to bully, harass, or intimidate. Yeah. Much like you do to me on this podcast. Thank you. You for buffalo the... me quite a lot. Thank you for the tie-in. So the idea is buffalo, <laughs> buffalo, as in the animals that come from the place. Verb. Harass, uh, verb. Yeah, harass. The animals, <laughs> yeah. buffalo, buffalo, that the animals from buffalo also harass. <laughs> yeah. Buffalo, buffalo, the animal buffalo. Yeah. That buffalo, 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 buffalo. <laughs> yeah. But you can actually, yeah. that's actually recursive. You can actually go on forever. You can keep, you can keep referring to more buffalo right. that the animals buffalo. And it can literally be infinite theoretically, but... Mm. Yeah, I I enjoy that linguistic little oddity. Oh yeah, that's cool. I think it's also um, not the only one as well. There is something else, and I can't remember oh. what it was. Um, but yeah, the same idea with a different different word. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just going to ask about your um. You went to you guys are always going to the fucking zoo, dude. You're killing me over here. Well, there's only two zoos in Christchurch, and I hadn't done either of them. So wait, only two zoos in Christchurch? What? Yeah. Well, animal like, parks, I guess. Isn't it a small... I mean, Melbourne's probably got one. Yeah. I think there's probably more than one in in Melbourne. But, like, there'll be one zoo and then maybe one, like, nature reserve or something. So, are you going to the zoo just to spite me? Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you think... Well, I'm definitely sending you photos and videos just to spite. Okay. But... I'm going to. It's not for... an elaborate ruse between you and your partner. To, uh, <laughs> like, you know what we really piss Michael off in lockdown? Is Let's if go. we go and see some apes <laughs> and sit real close to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. One, going to the zoo is like one of those things that you don't like think about to do as an adult, but is actually really cool. Yeah. It's always one of those things that I end up doing when I'm traveling. Like, I go to a. Right. I go to. Probably a couple of zoos a trip. If I was doing an overseas trip and I was in a few yeah. different cities, I'd go to a couple of zoos. What's I'm not the best zoo you've it. been to? Oh, I don't know. The Berlin Zoo is pretty famous. That's a good okay. zoo. Like, I don't like, to be clear to people listening, I don't like going to a zoo where I feel bad for all the animals. I would prefer to <laughs> yeah. go to a zoo where they're, like actually leaders in conservation, they've got amazing new habitats, that sort of thing. Um, mm. So I, I I tend to be a bit picky, like I'm not just going to go anywhere. But 
So do you research zoos before you go there? I'll just I'll have a yeah I'll have a Google beforehand and just get an idea because if it looks if it looks real sad I'm not gonna enjoy it. I've definitely been to a sad a sad zoo where you're like oh all these animals are like pacing up and down in the cages and they look really distressed and it's really concretey and sad and like oh no I shouldn't have given these people my money. Yeah, that's how I feel like uh, my neighbors think about me right now. What, what are the bad zoos though? <laughs> Uh, there's actually two zoos in Ber- um, in Berlin, and the Berlin Zoo is internationally acclaimed. And then, then there's one called Tierpark, which is the not Berlin Zoo, also in Berlin, and it's it's pretty dire. Um, yeah, I oh. yeah, I ended up going there because I wanted to go to the Berlin Zoo, and I had a friend in Berlin, and when I was there, I was like, oh, let's go to the zoo, and she had actually promised her partner at the time, oh, we're going to go to that zoo together and didn't want to cheat on that promise with me. So I didn't go to the zoo with her and we went to the other zoo. (laughs) We went to the bad zoo. And, yeah, it was pretty miserable. Like, it was kind of funny in, like, a shit way, but it was also sad for all the animals. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just imagining they're just, like, kind of built like a nightclub and they've got gorillas as security and they're just playing loud techno music and making no, like the it wasn't bojack horseman but yeah it was uh it was yeah pretty depressing um and it was it was clear as well from all of the visitors everyone was kind of looking at each other like yeah we didn't go to berlin so what were we expecting <laughs> like right. there's shared understanding of we could have been somewhere else <laughs> um, but yeah we went to orana park in christchurch which is uh, slightly focused on bigger animals. So they got lions and zebras and giraffes and gorillas. They got the only gorillas in New Zealand and, uh, yeah, yaks and bison and, and apes. And yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I, yeah, I can't say it's like a necessary visit, but I enjoyed the couple of hours we spent there. Did you get bored after? Cause I've, uh, every time I've gone to a zoo, I feel bored by the end. I'm like, let's get out of here. You gotta, you gotta, choose your choose your route because we actually started on the worst side of the park which in terms of first impressions like all the old stuff all the worst exhibits and we're like oh okay and then because of that the longer we spent there the the closer to the newer and better animals and stuff we got and so in the end i was like okay yeah okay cool this is like that's a good lion exhibit okay that cool that's a good ape the better animals yeah (laughs) You know, like no one wants to see lizards really that much, but you do it oh. when you're at the zoo. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Lizards you know, you know, like you you go through all of the, the like. like well, what, okay, what's your like ideal animal to see in its natural? This is kind of a different question to the zoo, but like, what would you love to see most in its natural? It's like you're you're dead, right? And God's just like, okay, one of the things, one of the perks of heaven is you get to just like be right there with an animal watching it in its in its natural habitat where are you going yeah um well because i haven't actually done it i think an african safari would be really cool oh yeah um like getting out into a savannah and just yeah. like seeing shit running around mm. in like properly big spaces that'd yeah. be pretty cool we did that in sri lanka that was oh shit pretty damn cool and you see like these uh herds of it's so much different it's so much better seeing these animals in their 
in their like wild habitat just being like like the tour guides just like look we may not see anything today we don't know because yeah. these animals are just doing their own thing yeah and so when you see one i mean we saw like this herd of elephants like we were driving around for like an hour or so and it was looking like we might not see any anything and then they just stopped the the truck and he's just like look to your right and there's just like this massive elephant with like a cub and it's with like other elephants and you're just sitting there just like sitting in this in this like majestic naturalistic environment you you feel like you're not meant to be there in a way but uh it's like it's like voyeuristic almost like you're peeking in at, at something that should be happening without you there right yeah, and elephants are weird because you don't like it's weird in interacting or not interacting, but like encountering animals that you almost never re- like have an encounter with because you don't know how. Like I'm just like <laughs> it took me to get there to be like, wait, are elephants dangerous? I don't yeah. know. Well, and, and also like, no, elephants are fine. Also, in that instance, like they're intelligent, right? Like yeah. they know that they're looking at humans, right? They they would have some idea of of what you are right it's different to being like oh there's a bird the bird you know the birds yeah. don't know what's going on it's just like oh we found a, a cool teak toucan or something but yeah like when it's one of those big creatures you're like this this guy knows what's happening there's like a there's like a consciousness behind it almost yeah it's, the, um, it's a, i always think like what what is this animal like even if it is a bird i'm always think like what what is this animal thinking like what are dogs thinking well, dogs... what do dogs think cars are what do dogs think music is like i would love to, i would love to just be a dog for a day well and i mean there's things like you've people have put pianos into pens with elephants and the elephants would just like tinkle on the keys right <laughs> like like they'll use their trunk and they'll just like press the things and obviously yeah. it's they're pretty shit but it's still kind of. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> You're out of key. Um, the like they're clearly they're doing it, and it's making a noise, and they keep doing it. So they're getting something out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there is something that they are enjoying about that thing. Yeah. Is it that it's making a noise they haven't heard before? Is it that yeah. there are like that tonally it's actually something because when you think about animal calls right or like Mm. whale song and stuff we know that animal brains do respond to pitch and frequency and stuff and and interpret it like they they can differentiate it so we know that they can hear the distinction of it but what is it why why would an elephant play on the piano yeah Uh, if you feel like um we live in a in a in a tiered place over here. And there are often birds up on the top floor that, that come, there's like a power line that's kind of at eye, le- eye level with them, with our top balcony. And, and sometimes if you're just sitting up there and there'll be a bird just trying to scope out the landscape and you walk past birds all the time and you don't, they, they become so, so much a part of your life. Like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you can hear birds. Yeah. Like that's, you get so used to it, but it's kind of crazy that these birds are up there and they are singing these songs and they're not just, they're not just singing any old shit. <laughs> they're singing a, I mean, 
maybe not a tune, but I mean, I guess it, it is, is kind a, of tune, a tune. Yeah. To signal, like you just think, okay, this bird's this bird's just being a bird, singing along, whatever. But no, the bird. Why is the bird singing? The bird is singing because he's wanting to communicate to another bird that he's found food, or he's saying, "Hey, I'm here." You can come fuck me, maybe. Yeah. Or, um, hey, I found a whole patch of worms. Do you, you guys want to calm down and eat these worms with me? Um, I mean, some pretty these... offensive stereotypes about bird behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we've moved on, Bahas. Oh yeah, all birds eat worms. <laughs> think a little bit. Think a little bit about what you might be perpetuating with this kind of. <laughs> harmful <laughs> cliches. Uh, I like that. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, and octopuses. Fuck, dude. Oh, and you, do you ever think like, wouldn't it be crazy to just show like a caveman, like a Neanderthal music? Like, would they get it if they showed them a classical piece of music? How how would they react? Would they would they think it's would they be scared? Would they, would they, would they automatically think it's beautiful? Would do, do we? Does it go? How far back does tonal recognition go? Like, if you played them a symphony, how would they? How would, how would they receive it? Like, is it learnt? Do you have to learn what music is? Well, do you think that cavemen didn't like sing to each other? Like, they could grunt to each other and speak to sure. each other. So they sure, had some I, level of communication, right? I, I, music is clearly deeply ingrained within us. Like it is a complex and confusing thing because it's like this, I get the, like the beat and it's like this unification thing. You can feel like there's a reason why, you know, um, house music or something is, is it set at the same BPM as the heartbeat and stuff. So it's, there's definitely that is kind of like this bi- not biological, but like, and it is like our circadian is... rhythm is like it's right. literally called the circadian rhythm, the the biological rhythms of our body. We, it's it's no coincidence that it's using the same terminology there, right? It's sure. uh, our life is 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 punctuated by these intervals, whether it's the heartbeat, whether it's like day to night, whether it's like sequences and that kind of stuff, like. our brains recognize patterns music is patterns right like i feel like but but you're speaking like rhythmically there there's patterns but uh can we recognize i feel like the the rhythmic patterns are primal and deep within us but are the tonal patterns as deep within deeply ingrained melody well if you heard if a caveman heard like a, a a chord yeah, would would it caveman be he or she? That's what I was trying to be inclusive to all cave cave people. <laughs> um, would they would they recognize it as something beautiful if you played the Mozart? Like, do you think they would? I don't. I don't know if they'd recognize it as beautiful. I don't. Then know. how did we come to think of it as well? Beautiful? We're different species to cavemen, so we have bigger brains and that sort of stuff, right? So at a certain point. Mm as our brains expanded and our communication centers developed and that sort of thing, it probably was born out of our understanding of language, right? Like that's the same side of the brain that your, your language center and your musical center, right? I guess. Yeah. 
Or what if you played Radiohead to to Beethoven? What what do you think of Radiohead? Would he just be like, this is so futuristic to me? Uh, well, it would be electronic music. so many levels of, of bizarre to him because it's like, I don't recognize any of the instruments. Right, yeah. Um, like none of the noises that are made are things that he would recognize other than a piano, right? So it's sonically, right. it would be... I mean, that's actually kind of interesting because you know the show Westworld? Um, yeah, I've heard of it. It was an HBO show. I don't know if you ever watched it, but um, and you probably don't need to, to be honest. But uh, it was this show where it was set in the West but it was like a modern, it was a futuristic West, right? Where it's like a theme park where there are robots in it, but it's designed for people to go and live out their worst fantasies. And so the stylistic choice that they made was that in all of the saloons and that sort of stuff, there were, um, pia, what is it, pianola? What's the, what's the automatic pedal piano, pedal piano versions of... Pianola is... yeah. Yeah. pedal piano versions of or like uh saloon piano versions of modern pop songs including right. several radiohead songs and so it's interesting to think okay if you extract the piece the musical piece written by radiohead and you put it in an instrumentation that beethoven was familiar with would that help him to understand or Definitely uh, enjoy Obviously it, it more than, or would some of the appeal for him as like a musical genius be the allure of I've never heard this before? Well, I think if you just played a Radiohead song on piano to Beethoven, he'd be like, well, first of all, he's deaf. So he'd be like, I can't <laughs> hear anything. <laughs> um, but um, I think he'd just be like, this is shit. Probably. Cause it doesn't translate. But then like, what are we going to, what's, What's music going to sound like in 300 years? I mean, that's almost impossible to predict, right? But I, know, I reckon but I just, it would be I want to stay al- I want to be I want to be alive to hear it. I reckon it'll be so closer bad. to us than than our music is to Beethoven. Oh, really? Cuz well, I feel actually, like that's we've true. crossed we've crossed the digital and electronic threshold, right? Yeah. No, because from the eighties, I reckon mu- music changed. Well, music changed massively. What in like the forties to the seventies, and then from the eighties to now, basically, like when when they started introducing computers to make music. Yeah, that's like a whole different other. But there's so many different eras across that as well. Like, mm. I think that I think the sound. The, the instrumentation, the, the actual thing that we hear 300 years from now is not going to be wildly dissimilar to what we hear today. Mm. But yeah. I, I, you know, the genre of it is probably going to be a bit different. I mean, Nick, 300 years, it's going to be, I think it's going to be un, unrecognizable. Like but our human, our human brains still have a limitation right so i suppose it becomes a different question of okay have we augmented our brains a little bit with like technology at that point that's a separate issue but like there's still we know that we we know what harmony and like major and minor chords do to the brain in in various forms Mm. and why certain things are satisfying as a chord progression and that kind of stuff those Mm. fundamentals are still true Mm. but i guess it's going to be like it's going to be more of a, 
I don't know, maybe like a 3D experience, which is tough because you've only got two receivers for music, which is your ears. They can only go in to two holes to get into your brain. But I feel like my hunch would be that music will evolve to be like 3D sound or something. like. But that is 3D sound. Um, it's just, I mean, there'll, I, there'll there, be something that we can't here. imagine. There'll yeah, be something that we sure. can't imagine. There's two questions here. One is the technology technology of it. How is it being broadcast, created, and put into your head? Um, and yeah. one is the actual music, you know, musical uh, musicality of it itself, right? Yeah. Um, the construction of the the melody and the song. Um, so, I think. I think we need to put aside the technology thing because I agree with you. There'll be technology stuff that we can't anticipate. There'll yeah. be like resonance and frequencies of, of where you've got like a chip in your head and, and it's broadcasting directly mm. into your brainstem and it feels like your entire body is like vibrating with music or something, you know, like AR style 3D audio, like you're floating in a... yeah. <laughs> you know, sensory deprivation tank and you're just like absorbed in the music or, you know, something. There'll right. be that kind of crazy technological yeah. shit. But musically, do you think the... I mean, realistically, Beethoven and, and us are writing on the same stage. Scale. I mean, there's only same 12 scales, notes, are there? Same, yeah, same chords. Yeah. We're using different, you know, have a different appetite for different tonalities and different genres but Mm. at a certain point i think they're still going to be writing on you know a piano keyboard even in 300 years yeah i i agree um and there's gonna i mean it's kind of interest it's kind of baffling already that you don't have two songs like you can have two songs you can have a million songs that have the same chord progression that don't sound the same to you yeah and um, like I was listening to that new Sufjan Stevens songs, which I'm obsessed with, by the way. Uh, video, video games. Fuck, I love that song, man. It's a real good song. Uh, but that's a really simple song. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, I was thinking that the chord progressions in in that, I'm like, I've heard these chords a million times before, but but music is comprised of so many parts it's anchored by chords and it's anchored by melody and it's anchored by uh the rhythmic pattern or the drum beat but it's so much more than that and that yeah you can have all those things be the same you can have a 100 bpm to uh c g d song for the whole song yeah and yet you'll have a different synth or you have a, and it's like, it'll be a completely different song. Infinite possibilities. Yeah. Um, and so you, you'll have, I mean, it's funny to think that we'll have, we have the same scales that they'll be using in a thousand years. Like the yeah. scales aren't going to change. There, there are only it's uh, liter- literally 12 physics, notes, right? right? I'm yeah. trying to look at my synth here. Is it 12 notes? Yes. 12, scale? 12. But then, uh, you know, you know, you're getting into, the like weird in between notes as well between semitones and and like there is variance yeah. but yeah for well, sure like yeah, we're maybe, literally maybe dealing that's... with physics where the frequency of like a, a note is 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 like a waveform right so <laughs> yeah. there, there's literally yeah. only so many notes right yeah 
or so many yeah, things that just, we can hear. I would just love to... I mean, and the other thing is they're going to have like... Every decade is kind of um, represented by music in a lot of ways. It's like music and fashion is... It kind of represents the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Like that's kind of defines a decade to a degree, don't you think? Yeah, the aesthetic of it. The aesthetic. And they... Um, and they're gonna have they're gonna have names for new genres of music in two thousand three hundred and twelve. There's gonna yeah. be like this genre of music that's popular and this yeah. type of fashion, and it, it kind of just kills me that I'm not gonna see it. Yeah, you know, in like a hundred years, we're not gonna be alive. Yeah, that's I um, oh man, that, I don't know, bums me out. Bums me out and it doesn't bum me out. Cause we're obviously if you're lucky, gonna... you might get to 2100. Oh, I'm definitely not going to get to 2100. But it's just weird thinking that you're not going not gonna to live. I was watching this video on, on YouTube of this 97-year-old philosopher who had like two months to live. And they did this like, I think it was The Atlantic, did this short documentary on, on this ph- philosopher contemplating his own death. And he said, he like really choked me up because he was like, he was so rational about it. And I feel like, I feel like I identified with his rationality of death. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to, I wish I did this and I wish I did this. He was just like, I'm literally, I'm looking at in three months, not having consciousness. How does that make me feel? And one of the things that really got to me was that, he was like, I sit out on my veranda on my, um, he's got like a deck and I'm looking at these trees and I'm looking at the sunlight hitting the, the leaves and stuff. And I have seen, he's just watching the, the trees like sway in the breeze. And he's, he said, I've, I've looked at these trees millions of times in my life. I've looked at them so many times and yet I haven't noticed them. And knowing that I'm going to not be alive to see this, and he wasn't like, I'm going to go to heaven. He is, you know, didn't, doesn't believe in God or whatever. He's just like contemplating, just literally contemplating not existing anymore. And he's like, I'm, uh, my brain, my, my brain isn't going to, isn't going to receive this data from the universe anymore. I'm not going to see flowers and he was like just choking up just by by thinking of that and it was really profound Mm. yeah it's a um it is the ultimate shame of life right that it's finite but that's also why it's special yeah he sounds like he was uh quite the perfect person to be eloquent about that kind of concept and realization as he approached the end totally i i think because you don't see those types of people actually comment on death it's often monopolized (laughs) death is monopolized (laughs) by well i think the things you, you just happen to see um are people who don't think about or it's too scary to think about death as as rationally as that and if you're someone like you and i who who feel that uh, death is just going to be the end of consciousness, um, 
it's kind of in a weird way it's comforting seeing someone else um kind of explain how they're feeling because if we're lucky and that's the other thing if we're lucky nick we're we'll get to a point where we'll be able to actually contemplate our death if we're not suddenly killed yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so if we're lucky we'll get to a point where we'll be able to contemplate our own death and like i'm 31 now and i'm like i don't know if it's covid or whatever i'm like just constantly i've got more time to think so i'm just like thinking about like the idea of not being alive anymore not not in a morbid sense i'm not thinking about death necessarily but yeah. like just thinking about the Mortality. idea of not existing yeah yeah and th- and kind of like thought exercises like you know in th- it's going to be the year 2110 and that's going to be a year that i am not there but the year 1998 i wasn't i wasn't there <laughs> either Yes, you were. No, I wasn't. I was born in 1989. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You said 1998. Oh, well, I meant 1988. Yeah. Sorry. I know it undercuts the quite poignant... At the quite poignant moment you're getting to, but you listed a year that you were definitely there for. I I, 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 I always do that when I when I listen back to these podcasts. Sometimes I realize that I will like say something, and you'll be like, "You didn't say that," and I'll vehemently deny that I said what you were accusing me of saying, and then I clearly said it. I just like say things that I don't mean all the time. Like I just say the wrong thing, and I just think I'm saying something else. Yeah, what, anyway. well, yeah. I'm sorry to have ruined the profundity there, but it uh, made me laugh. But yeah, anyway, I went on a really big tangent there. I apologize. This whole episode was a tangent, but I enjoyed it a lot. It felt like I we, we got through a lot, yeah. a lot of different interesting places. It's nice to have like a topic there as like a backup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we did have a whole topic prepared, but it just didn't go there, so we'll save it for next time. Cool. Um, if you want to go on more wild and exciting tangential rides with us, then please explore some of the previous episodes that we've got. It's all in the uh, podcast feed. Make sure you jump onto Apple Podcasts and have a scroll down, pick one at random, which sounds interesting. Uh, use Overcast or a, another good podcast player and... And just uh, dig into the archives. Uh, you can also join us on facebook.com forward slash deep fort. There's a lot of lovely chat there about parsnips. And I just feel like we've kind of undersold it this episode, but it was a bit of a big deal. Um, Twitter.com slash deep four. If you want updates when an episode goes live, you can send us emails and, and comments and thoughts to deep at gmail.com. And we will read them out on the show like we're about to do. And Instagram. Instagram is where Michael puts out photos. Um, and you can too. Oh, yeah. You're looking very trim. Am I? Yeah. yeah. You, have you lost weight? I've been trying to eat two meals a day. Oh. Why? Um, As in skip breakfast? Well, not necessarily. I've just been eating like at brunch time and then just uh-huh. at dinner time. So okay. I'm kind of skipping lunch. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel that trim. I was feeling like a bit, I feel, cause I haven't been working out. I, I was before the pandemic, I was going to the gym like two or three times a week and it's kind of depressing that I just like lost 
all muscle. Like I feel so doughy. Like not doughy, but I just feel soft. I hate feeling soft. Yeah. Don't make the dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have every intention of like um, like working out at home. But I I just keep making excuses, and it's hard to motivate yourself at home. Yeah, I understand that. Do you There's go to the some... gym? No, but I do work out. I I mean my uh, <clears throat> my routine originally was just going for runs, and that's mm. something you can do from home. And then when my knee started to play up and I had pain when I was running, I needed to strengthen it, so I started to do exercise at home. And then that sort of became like a bit more of a regular thing is that I got into home workout stuff. And right. now, actually, at the moment, it's like five days a week for me because I do. I've always done Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or for the past few years at least, is those have been my workout days. But since going to the physio, I have a whole bunch of leg strengthening exercises and stuff I need to do to fix my knee up. And oh. some of that takes like half an hour. So because you have to do it every day, it ends up that I'm sort of working out yeah, five days a week properly and you know, even on the weekends having to do some of that as well. So right. yeah, I, thankfully now, I am. Isn't Casey a personal trainer or something? He's not a personal trainer. He does such a crossfit every day all right he's uh he's a he's he's pretty buff he's pretty buff he's, he's, he's a, yeah. a good looking rooster there he is a good looking rooster i don't know <laughs> i think you, you say good looking rooster that's the saying you say good looking rooster i mean to... i usually i usually hear it but um <laughs> that might be just someone using a euphemism where they didn't know <laughs> how to how to like say anything to you and they're like oh yeah you're a good looking rooster and yeah. you and you you're like a what and like, oh it's a thing oh okay cool great <laughs> thanks <laughs> i'm pretty yeah. sure people say it. he has got lots of muscles it's a bit ridiculous yeah does that make you feel you know really very horny bit? yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, no, it doesn't make me feel inadequate. You actually, when you put up that um, Instagram video, I was like surprised. Yeah. You know, well, I wasn't like blown away, either, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, you're is more tone than 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 I would have guessed. Cool. You don't really show it off because you don't really. I mean, you were wearing a tank top in that. Yeah. By the way, I deleted. I well, I didn't delete it, but I um, I took it off the. The highlights. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Thing. Yeah, you don't get to have it twice when you haven't put up one yourself. Well, I actually have recorded mine. By the oh, way. Um, I Home recorded workout. it weeks ago. I just haven't put it together because I got I had a I had a bit of a grand idea. Okay. So I just haven't um, gotten around to putting piecing it together. But it's all the footage is all all in the tank. Okay. Well, we're hey. in a very similar process. I mean, you okay. with your. With good grief, and I mean, we're both, I'm both we're both in post production right now. So <laughs> I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can empathise yeah. a little. Oh yeah, I mean that's the hardest part. You know, you're just looking at it and thinking, oh, why did I get that shot? Oh, you know, we could have used another take there, but you know, sometimes yeah. budget prohibits. You know, your your know, grand vision. Exactly how you feel. Yeah. Um, should we do a mailbag? It's been a while. Please, yeah. Mailbag, mailbag, it's a weekly mailbag. Deep thoughts, mailbag. 
Oh, okay. Let's uh, let's, let's jump into the old MB and uh, see what we got here. Oh. I don't know why I'm faking this. I've I already looked. I wouldn't have brought this up if I hadn't checked to make sure there was emails. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just a little yes, bit. Would have. A peek behind the yes, cap. Peek behind the curtain. Yes, I knew there were some emails here. Okay. Is, okay. Are you happy? I... Are you happy? I'm a fake. This is objectively one of the funniest segments just because it's just <laughs> us. Imagine if another podcast had a segment where it was just them reading out their emails. I mean, I'm sure that other people do. This is why emails. we're the greatest podcast of all time, Nick. Is because we put tw- we we sponsor the wrong posts. We have the wrong kind of segments. We have no idea what we're doing, but we do. Two emails this week. First one from my new frenemy because he backed you instead of me, Sean. Sean sends in an email. Subject: Laugh track. I just noticed recently that I've started doing a bizarro double bark Mickey Mouse adjacent laugh. Explain. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, okay, read that again. I don't know what it meant. I just noticed recently that I started doing a bizarro double bark Mickey Mouse adjacent laugh. Explain. I don't know what a Mickey Mouse adjacent laugh is. How does Mickey Mouse laugh? <laughs> Think. Okay. But double bark? It's been a while. Wait, is he saying he's doing this? He's just noticed recently that he started doing a bizarro double bark Mickey Mouse adjacent laugh. <laughs> Why does he want us <laughs> to explain the weird thing that he's doing? <laughs> How does Mickey Mouse even talk? I can't picture what Mickey oh, Mouse is like. Okay, are oh, you good? It talks like this. It oh, talks- that's yeah, no, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, actually. Well, what does Nicky Mouse say? Give me something to say. Uh, Give me something topical to say. Pluto, go get that uh, bag of guns. Hey Pluto, why do we get a bag of guns? That's pretty good. <laughs> that's I pretty even know good, actually. For you, off the <laughs> just off the bean, that's pretty good. Thank you. It must be like deep. I used to play on PlayStation a Mickey Mouse game. I okay, that might be it. But what does Mickey Mouse's laugh sound like? Oh, Mickey Mouse laughing for 10 hours. Oh, I've this... got that as well. Do you want me to play it on the mic? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's fucking That's annoying. fucking horrifying. I just found my new alarm tone. <laughs> Sean, if that is what your laugh sounds like, you have a <laughs> medical problem and you need to go see a doctor. So is he is he is he laughing at us? I don't know. Are we, I think are he's, we I think this is a moment of self-reflection. <laughs> Does he know that he emailed us this and didn't and didn't just write this in his notes? <laughs> it was possible this was a mistake. And that he this is actually meant to go to his doctor and in fact it's been broadcast now on the internet. Um, no, this is actually always what I always wanted to happen with this podcast, except we, we don't have the listenership for it. But um, <laughs> I wanted people to write in with their with their um, with just their personal issues and for us to give them some sort of advice. So yeah. let's let's do let's give him advice. Okay, I think. Why do you think is? I think what's actually the most um, revealing part of this is that he feels insecure about the laugh. Most people, I don't mm. think, worry about their laugh, regardless of what it sounds like. But Sean's written in self-conscious about it. And so I think that actually suggests a degree of emotional insecurity about it. So I mm. really want to know, 
Sean, why are you so lacking in confidence by this new sound? Don't you feel like you should be able to go through your life laughing however you want to laugh, whether it's like a normal person or like a bad person? Well, there's a few unanswered questions here. Is that, <clears throat> I mean, you know the guy. I've never met him. How did he laugh before? Has it actually changed or has has Sean changed? Uh, I don't think I've noticed a weird Mickey Mouse double bark laugh. But his normal laugh is kind of like... <laughs> Annoying. So maybe it's a is slight it? upgrade? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, I, and this is um, this is conjecture, but I know that some people, some people's laughs actually change when they've gone through a trauma or a traumatic uh, oh. event in their lives. Okay, um, are you picturing this is a Joker like we were... situation? Maybe. Uh, I mean, I don't want to put laughs in his mouth, but he, <laughs> you might get, you know, like we, we said before about the accent thing, you might, uh-huh. be, maybe he's picked up, maybe he's picked, maybe he's, uh, he's been hanging around with Mickey Mouse for a bit long. He might be, or, or just a Mickey Mouse type of character. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, what we're saying. But sure, either either way, I think solution. you should go definitely see the, see the doctor. I think you should see the doctor. Yeah. Go see a doctor. I think Sean should go into the doctor and, and say, my laugh has changed and I don't know what to do about it. And the doctor will be able to help. You. Um, so, a uh, second email tonight uh, from a Jeff Shadle, my father. Ooh. It is entitled, Attention Michael or Someone what? Else's Problem. That's a, that's oh, a, my God. That's a callback to last week. Um, oh, my God. Hey, Michael. I'm with you, Hi, mate. Hi, Dad. I've started not eating vegetarian curries. I get it big time. Enjoy. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> so dad dad's on board oh, with your um departure from the vegetarian lifestyle. That is so fucking funny. Um I saw he also tweeted us. He has tweeted us a little bit, you know. He's 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 a devoted fan. Um no, that's very funny, Jeff. Um and by the way, my personal email address is <laughs> michaelsabrecki at gmail.com if you just want to chat. <laughs> Your friend's on Facebook. Um, Why do you need emails? Yeah, but that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I have I have very much been enjoying, look, I love meat. I really, really love it. And I felt, I felt like I was saying this to Emma the other day. Being a vegetarian is not like, I think some people just, like Emma hates the taste of meat, so it's easy for her. But like, I felt like every day... I was vegetarian. It's like kind of holding the dogs at bay. It was kind. Of, it's like it was a tough, tough thing to do. Um, and and I respect that of... more in a way. Like Emma's kind of got it easy, doesn't she? She's not really trying. You oh, were actively yeah. trying real no. hard. No, yeah, it's like uh, this is this is definitely a bad analogy, but it's like being a pedophile. I imagine. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like it's like a, there are some pedophiles out there that. Don't act I on that. I can't believe you're going with that analogy. Vegetarianism <laughs> is like being a pedophile. 
Okay. Michael okay. Zabrecki. <laughs> it does sound shocking, and I'm not equating <laughs> them on a moral level, but they are analogous. They are analogous. You're sticking with this. Okay. It is. It's like th- there is a there is a correlation there. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> no, so go on. I felt like I felt like one. But I mean, now I'm just. I mean, if we're going with the analogy, uh-huh. now I'm just. Uh, I'm back out in the community and I'm at playgrounds and. <laughs> okay, okay. <we're> great. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! 